My guest today is single mom of two, Natasha Keaston, who has the benefits of hindsight when it comes to raising young men. She joins me now to chat about the longest, hardest breakup any woman will ever have to undergo, more colloquially known as motherhood. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I'm okay. You are you are no stranger to this show, which I'm super happy I'm about. I'm mm. to be back on, so thank you. I loved it here the last time. Today, and, and we'll miss Charlene, I have to say, because you, she, she, she still raves about that interview with you. I think it was a favorite of hers. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so to, today we're chatting about the long breakup, a look into how parents eventually, or sooner rather than later, need to come to terms with their children growing up into individuals outside of themselves. You are nearing a two-decade parenting milestone with your eldest. I peg him at, what, 19 years? 17, 17. 17, you see. But still, it's <laughs> almost enough, it's right? almost two decades. So with that in mind, you tell us, who calls you mom? Remind us. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Eh? Like, I can't believe it's 17 years already. But uh, the guys that call me mom, so that's Ashton, who's 17, uh, my eldest, and Skylar, who's 13. So this mom has two teenage boys who are very much like me. They definitely cut from the same cloth and they definitely challenge me on a daily basis. <laughs> so they're a handful. So with you being a teenage mom and very open, not a teenage mom, a mom to two teenagers, um, <laughs> we are, we're, we're wanting to pick your brain here because as parents of young children, of of kids under five and under it's hard to relate to your kids being individuals but this is where we're headed and I feel like it's not something moms talk about enough um so you know from when they're babies and 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 children we all have this preconceived idea of who our kids are going to be I'm curious to know have your kids become have your boys become the people that you thought they would be with the same interests or um, and personality traits, or have they surprised you? You know, um, I I went to it having no preconceived ideas, um, probably because of my childhood where I was, you know, put into a box and there were the expectations. And I always said, I didn't want to put that pressure on my kids. I wanted them to evolve and be who they are. Um, so they are very different. They're very out the box, both of them. You'd say they did have different parents, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> because they are nothing alike. Their interests are different. Um, the way they go about life, the way they tolerate things, it, it's different. But I'm, I'm super proud that they've evolved into the people that they are, into the young men that they are, because they're happy to stand their ground. And I think that is a big thing for me. We, as parents, we are, we have the idea and we put that pressure and we expect our children to be happy adults and it ain't going to happen, not in this day and age. Mm. So have you struggled to let go of your boys as, as the years have gone by? Is it, and is it worse that you were, for the most part, a, a single mom raising them? It, you know, I think the biggest struggle came in after I got divorced from their dad. Um, and then, you know, where you have to share holidays. That was the biggest thing when it came to letting go was that you now have to trust the other person to do the right thing. And it's different to your parenting styles. And uh, I think that is the toughest thing to navigate as uh, 
a home where they, your kids are in different places at different times. Uh, but I've had to make peace. I've had to let go and go, you know what? Like, I have to trust that my faith and the foundation I've laid for them is sufficient enough to, for them to do the right thing and make the right choices. So it's really being tough. But I think my advice would be don't a lot of I did a post recently about it. And everyone was like, my kids are not 17 yet. So I'll deal with it when I get there. I'm like, no, actually, you should be dealing with it the day this baby's born because your children are only sort of given to you for a period. You get to raise them, lay the foundation, but they're not yours to mold and keep forever because they're going to mold themselves. <laughs> and I think that's where we go wrong. So you've mentioned not having any preconceived ideas and you are fairly said fast in, in who you are as a, a woman and, and your, in, your kids, seeing your kids as individuals. But was there ever a time that it was difficult to let go? You mentioned a post earlier. Um, you know, I know your background and a lot of your followers will know your background, but can you fill the listeners in on sort of where you might have had trouble letting go? Uh, last year, Ashton decided he's going to go live with his dad. And okay, he's 16 at the point. He's like, I'm going to go live with my dad. And this is the first time in, uh, I'm trying to do the math, like a long time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like how, it's not a week. It's not a weekend. And he was going for a few months. Um, it broke me. It literally broke me um, to go. I had to let go. And I struggled with that. It really, really was the hardest thing to trust that his medication was going to be right because, you know, he's on quite a bit of medication. He, he needs to get treatment. And because I've been the one doing it a long time on my own, I know his triggers. I know the signs. And I was like, his dad's not going to get it right. It was the hardest thing that I'd ever had to go through uh, in terms of letting go. It took me six months to realize that I had to. Against my will. <laughs> did he, uh, when he be? I mean, he's a young man now at seventeen. So, did he change in any way? Is there anything about his personality now that you're like, well, that actually surprised me? So, um, he came back in January after six months, and it, there was a bit of distance between him and I, and actually all of us at home. Uh, he really distanced himself, and we thought it was a very negative experience, and that actually this was the worst thing we could have done. But actually he matured like phenomenally. Even my friends were saying he's grown so much. He's matured. It's like he's an adult. So I think having that room to find himself without his mom that's in control and doing everything and on top of everything was okay. Sometimes it's okay for things to not work and not go according to plan because it teaches them the life skills. And I think being with his dad taught him that. I think dads are a little bit harder in the sense of they aren't as clingy and emotional um, as moms are. <laughs> mm. And and it allows boys to to find their strength, to find themselves. So I think that was amazing. And what about you? He he went through growth. How about you as a mom? Did you did you find that you zoned in on Scala on your younger your younger child or you zoned in more on yourself or you changed in any way? You know what? It was really uh, tough for me, but I decided to use the time to focus on Skylar, who's always had to take a back seat. Um, you know, we've always had to like he he's okay, he's got no issues in terms of mental health and that sort of thing. So he hasn't been prioritized, even though we try our best. 
So Scott and I spend a lot of more quality time, but then also Clifford and I got to spend more time. Uh, you know, we got to work on our relationship as well, um, which comes last. I suppose when you have kids, your relationships take a bit of a beating. And I realized how much I was walking on eggshells, uh, you know, when Ashton was around because we always scared, like, is his medication working? Is he okay? Is he going to hurt himself? That kind of thing. So I realized like how stressed out I was. And the one day my neighbor said to me, I was chatting to her, she says, I don't hear you shouting as much. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, I know. Because, and shame, I, I probably don't shout at him. I'm not shouting at him because I'm angry, but more because I'm stressed. So I was very stressed. I'm very stressed when he's around because I just want him to be okay and I want him to be safe. Um, so yeah, that definitely gave me a chance to have my saw downtime moments, which I, I was actually at breaking point and I needed it. I'm curious to know if, um, the transition from sort of toddler, young kid to primary school goer. There's a sort of letting go in that as well when they, they – Go they, to grade one. They go to grade one. They leave – there's almost layers of that nest that they leave and so they, they're getting to like the downstairs of the nest, not quite out the door but not quite in your coop. They're downstairs. Was that – was there a letting go there and was it the same with your boys, with each of them? You know, there's there's letting go at every age, I think. So when you take them to crash for the first time and you put them in the crash and you sit in your car and you cry, you know, that's your first moment of having to let go and realizing I'm either going back to work or I'm a stay-at-home mom, but my kid needs to go to crash. You let go there. And when you when they go to school, the hardest part in crash, I can call at any given time and say, is my kid okay? Oh, I forgot their lunch and you can take it. When they go to school, there's rules that you have to abide by and it's not your rules. So that was tough to go, okay, now I've got to completely let go because and trust that the teachers will have my kid and that's their parents for the period that they're at school. Uh, so that was really hard having a child as well that like with, with Skylar is loves people. Ashton will tell you, don't like people. So, mm. you know, they, they're different in that sense. Skylar thrived. You know, he loves hanging around with his friends. He loves school. And he was very good at working with his teachers. Whereas Ashton wasn't. So I think no two kids are the same. And when you let go, there's different, you know, you've got to let go in terms of their strengths as well and know that they'll do well and they'll prosper because you've done the foundation and the hard work. So so grade one was a killer. <laughs> How should parents be preparing for letting their children go or letting them grow into individuals, not having any preconceived ideas of who they should be? I think parents need to firstly make peace with themselves and the gaps they have in their life because a lot of the time the preconceived ideas go back to what a parent felt they wanted to do and never got to do and they want to live vicariously through their kids and if parents can make that transition they're going to want the best and understand that their children are going to be very different from who they are you know you might have academics who've got degrees and then have a child that wants to be a youtuber that goes completely against the grain, but realizing this generation is so different. And most of them don't want to go to university, right? They want to be cool. They want to make it's instant gratification. They want to be famous and they want to make money. And if it makes them money and it gives them that piece of happiness, then why why not, right? Mm. And it's 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 parents also, I would assume, laying down the law out of fear 
Um, and we were, we as parents and our parents before us were told and it was drilled into us that going to university, uh, to use your example, going to university is the way forward. And if you don't, you're kind of screwed. So um, I think that we do perpetuate that in drawing those boundaries with our kids, right? Yeah, I know that's definitely true. But I think times have changed. You know, in, in our generation, we definitely were expected to get a qualification that backed us. Um, nowadays, being an entrepreneur is probably the best thing you could be. Mm. And if you teach those ki- your kids those skills early in life, they're well on their way. But it really is important to to know what skills your kids have. We focus on the a- academic paper of having the degree, but this generation needs to learn skills. I'm very big on learning skills and teaching your kids skills will also help them uh, move on and will help you have faith in the fact that they are able to look after themselves because skills are not just for making money, right? They are for setting you up for life so that you learn how to cook, you learn how to look after yourself, you learn how to travel. And I think our kids need that because they are a generation that will suffer because of all the you know, the measures that have been put in place that you don't get to question them. You don't get to shout at your kids. You don't get to challenge them. Mm. So skills are going to be the, the, the game changer for them. So we've spoken about them leaving the nest, them having to grow up. We've spoken about uh, the skills that they would acquire to, to excel in life. But what about personality traits here? Because South Africa is a very, or, or, or not, uh, you know, here I'm slip, slip, slip of the tongue, but not just personality traits. We, we're looking at just a way of being, um, who they are at their core. South Africa is a very conservative society, but many of our kids will grow up to be gay, transgender, um, on the LGBTQI spectrum, fluid, um, other, quote-unquote, other to the cisgender heteronormative way that uh, – previous generations would consider quote-unquote normal. So if your child seems to be headed into that route, um, flourishing as an individual but but is gay or transgender or um, on that spectrum or just has a personality trait that you disagree with or, or have never liked in future, you know, what is the appropriate reaction? As a parent to, to <laughs> two teenage men, young men, what is the appropriate reaction so that we stay in their fold as trusted parents, I suppose? You, you know, you said South Africa is a conservative country. It's not South Africa. It's old, older South Africans mm. because our younger generation is out there. They're proud. They are so comfortable being who they are. So a lot of kids in primary school and high school are already saying they're fluid, they're lesbian, they're gay, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, they, and they don't have the fear we had of, you know, of being proud of who we are, which I think is so commendable. But the problem is a lot of kids are living in fear, which then spans out to mental health issues because parents are not accepting and you know it is Pride Month. And what if you are? What if your kid came home and said, "I'm not straight," whatever the case may be? Because Ashton always says to me, "Mom, there's 62 different sexes," and I, my kids are educating me on this on a regular basis. And I'm amazed by the amount of knowledge that they do. But I think as parents, we first need to educate ourselves. 
We need to have the uncomfortable conversations with our kids, but we just need to love them for who they are because all they want is to be accepted by their parents. Mm. So you can be the worst parent on the in the planet. Your kids just want to know that they are loved and they are accepted. And I think if we can do that, they're going to be happier adults. And isn't that the in the goal at the end of the day? I love that you said uh, exactly what you say now, the phrasing that you use. So there's a difference for me between using the phrase as a parent, I love and accept you no matter what. And we say that with love, but it is problematic, especially if you're looking at that LGBTQI spectrum, because that means it, it pre it's a, it's a preconceived idea that no, it doesn't matter if you're gay, I still love you. Oh, what? So then gay is what? Wrong? wrong. Or you're transgender yeah. or you're fluid or you're just, uh, you, you're not always the nicest person. <laughs> you have cuck, you have a cuck personality trades. <laughs> but I love you despite that. People always say, are you pretty for a fat girl? Yes. So right? It's the same thing to say. Same thing. Like, okay, so if I was thin, I'd be prettier. Mm. So you would... You would, it would be more acceptable for you to love me if I was straight and cisgender, you know, or um, it would, if it would be more acceptable if I stuck into the little box that society has put out for me. So rather, there's there's a phrase, I love and accept you because of who you are. Exactly, and I mean, like the other day, just going to tell you quickly, mm. um, Ashton decided to go to dinner in a skirt. Uh, he's like, "Mom, I'm wearing a skirt to dinner." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And I know most parents would freak out and go, "What?" the hell are you doing? Can you take it off? And anyway, we went to dinner, three of us, and he sat down and he fluffed his skirt up and I'm like, no, dude, you're going to wear the skirt, you got to know how to use it. And then he needed the bathroom and I was like, please sit down because this mom would like to have dinner without having to fight with anyone. And he was like, why is it an issue? I said, because they're going to stop you from walking into the men's toilet. And for once, I just, so it's really about teaching them, fine, make your decision, but not everyone is going to be accepting of your decision, Mm. but I've got you. You know, mm. so while I'm happy, but just let mom eat dinner today, tomorrow <laughs> we'll try you going to the bathroom in a skirt. Yeah, I accept you <laughs> and I love you because of who you are, not not um, despite who you are. However, I, mom just needs to have dinner for tonight. Thanks. Yeah, you know, because like <laughs> we don't mind. I'm like, well, if you want the skirt, wear the skirt. But just understand, not everyone in society will be accepting because mm. I don't think everyone's ready for it. Tash, that letting go process. I mean, there's a lot to be said, yeah, but we do have to wrap up. Is there anything that parents are missing? You know, I think society, social media, everything that we see is this level of perfection with parenting. Perfect kids that you see every day. And uh, parents are not showing the ugly side of parenting when you sit on the floor and cry in a heap. So they're internalizing a lot of this. And the fact that my friends have perfect kids and a perfect life, I need to work to attaining that. Parents are putting the pressure on themselves and that is actually translating to their relationship with their kids and affecting the, you know, whether their kids are happy or not. Mm. And as parents, I think we need to take a step back and realize that parenting is not pretty. It's damn ugly. Um, it's hard. And uh, we're not going to always get it right. But letting go is definitely part of the process. And if we want our kids to grow into these amazing, incredible human beings that we, we know they are, we have to trust their judgment as well. 
But in saying that, let them fail because there are lessons in failing and let them fail while you are still in a position to help them and get them out of trouble. (laughs) Yes, love that. I'm going to leave it at that. And I want to thank you again for always being willing to come and share your brain and your insights on The Great Equalizer. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I love chatting to you ladies. So yes, thank you and anytime.